was wow. Thundercat's tattoo? Was it Chitara? It was like it was like a band around his wrist. Was it Chitara all naked? No. Because you know she was naked in the first episode. What? Chitara was naked in the first episode of the Thundercats. They didn't have any clothes on. I mean, she didn't have like cat nipples or anything, but she she didn't have her like little jumpsuit her on. Little unit, right? right? Yeah. Wow. On Third Earth, she learned humility. All right, folks, welcome. It is Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Number 68. I am Master Torgo. Dr. Vlarg. 80s Jeff. And special guests, Dave Raider. Commander K. Yes, a full full couch. Takes two but people here, to replace Paul. It is Geek News. And that's what we're here to bring you. But before we bring this Geek News your way. Oh no! Yeah, this is yeah. this is your turn to shine, oh, Mister. I feel awful. I do feel awful. Uh, I uh, I got roped into a a pizza eating contest before the show. Uh, I was just there to observe, but a pizza uh, eating contest. Let, let me explain to you. It's a pizza. The thing had to be two and a half feet wide. Oh my god! It's a round pizza. It's ten pounds. Ten pound wow. pizza. Ten pounds. Nice. Ten pounds. How does anyone eat ten pounds of anything and not die? Well, it, it's it's you and one other person. How does anyone eat five pounds of anything this? and not die? Well, see, the interesting thing was prior to getting there, the contest was billed as an eight pound pizza right. in one hour. We get there, they have changed it. It is now. <laughs> It is now a 10-pound pizza in 45 minutes. Oh, I hate those big switches. So, so up in less time. They, yeah, Apparently too more, many people were conquering. They added the two-pound pound pizza. No, <laughs> I looked at the wall. The, 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 they had a wall. It's like the, the wall of fame, and then the they have a wall of shame. The wall of shame is all the people that did not finish it. All right. The wall of fame is the people that did finish it. They should really switch only, those names around. There actually. were only five groups of people that had beat it. Or the eight pound. There was only one that had beaten the ten pound. Okay. At Groups? that point, yeah, like because it's you and one other person. Oh, so teams. two people. Teams of two. Teams. teams yes. Were they very large and hungry people? Duos. Thank you. I see. That, but wow. So, so yeah, you were going to watch. So yeah, I was. I, I went. I had just gone there to observe. That was to that observe, was, to observe was the person watch, you went with. I was gonna, yeah, I was going to watch our friend Rawl. Friend of the show, Raw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he and, and another person that I didn't know were uh. going to do this. Well, this other person canceled out on him at the <laughs> last minute, and he gets he gets there at points when he's like, "You're going to help me do this." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> at this point, were you even hungry? Um, I had not. Just, I had called really. him. Yeah. Like, a few minutes prior, so hey, I'm getting some food before the show tonight. Want to join me? He's like, "No, nah, I ate before my dentist appointment or after my dentist appointment, whatever." Yeah, it was after the dentist. And so appointment. I'm not that hungry. <laughs> so. So that's appropriate. Awesome. <clears throat> so he's going into this with already food in his belly. Well, I mean, it, at that point, I think it it had been a couple of hours since I had eaten, but I, I wasn't hungry, I wasn't hungry. But I'm like, okay, well, I'll see what I can do. Well, <laughs> they cut this thing into six rows, six okay. rows, six pieces, six little square pieces in each row. Okay, five pounds of food. You're gonna see so, what you can do. So, well, yeah, yeah. I actually did better than Raul did. I, that's like me going. I that's did like one me as a surgeon better. going. I'll just see what I can do. I'm not a surgeon, but oh, I can't make it how bad it could be. But uh, yeah, so there's six rows. Okay, cut into six pieces each. All right, thirty-six um, pieces. Yeah, thank you. So, I start on my first row. Raul starts in his first row. He's a full piece ahead of me, as I'm on my third piece of the first row. All right. I finish up my first row. I go into the second row. I look over, and Rawl is now a full piece behind me. <laughs> uh, slowing down. He's slowing down. Not good. And he's like, I don't know 
what we were thinking. Well, <laughs> what he, we were thinking. I assume he's still the lean, mean fighting machine I saw him. Yes, as, right. He's still, that ruined his early figure. He has he has gotten into this this thing of doing these competitions around pound. He's tried to do the six pound burrito thing at the okay, NASCAR so cafe a couple. Has of he times. been watching Man vs. Food? Good he Lord. has been watching. It does Man inspire you. Food. I will say it does. <laughs> um, Dev and I watch it. In fact, God knows why it's unhealthy. The, to watch. the name of this place that we went to is Graziano's, and if I'm not okay. mistaken, they've covered this uh, the original one, which is in a different city. I I, I want to say it's like yeah. near New York or something like All that. Right. But this Graziano's. Has well, that same but I tell you pizza what, we, eating we're, we're, we broadcast here out of Las Vegas, and yeah. so we have a lot of Las Vegas listeners. Where's this place at? It's uh, Durango and Desert Inn. Okay, okay. It's uh, west west side of town. Yeah, I know where it is. Anyway, go so yeah. anyway, so the pizza gets there. He gives us a few minutes. He's like, "Let's let's give it five minutes to cool off, so you don't burn yourself when you when you tear into it." Because congealed cheese is harder to eat. Oh, the guy's yeah. giving us tips. He's like, <laughs> nice. you know, this is what some of the people that have finished it have done, and. And so, what do they do? They dip it in water like Kobayashi no. does with the hot dog bowl. <laughs> he actually Fucked suggested. Up. He suggested that we avoid the carbonated beverage, and I'm thinking to myself, I want a carbonated beverage to make me burp so that I will still have room as the pizza fills your stomach. You know, you want to force all that extra gas out. Oof. Anyway, I actually did not drink anything while I was eating and was trying to force myself to burp here and there. Um, long story short, yes, what, what? I got through nine pieces of my half of the pizza. All right, and nine little squares. Was, was eyeing one more to say, I, I really probably could do one more, but I look over and Raul is a full piece behind me. He's like, I, I can't do this. I can't, <laughs> I can't have another bite. If I, Fail. he's like, I might be able Both to finish you. that piece, but if I finish that piece, I'm going to be hurting myself. So, and so rather than hurt myself more, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I chose to stop at that point. All right. And so, so he, the, the guy brought out, you know, you know, we had to pay for the pizza, and he brought out two boxes. How much does I've, a 10-pound pizza cost? Uh, $40. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it was, uh, you know. So, hey. so I assume if you eat it all, it's free. You, if you eat it all, it's free. You get two T-shirts saying "I conquered the monster." Oh my god! Covering um, your own puke. You get mm. two. You get two, uh, like a coupon it's for two large pizzas thing. in the future, and then uh, nice and nice then package. as the menu says, yeah. and bragging rights. So that's right. Which and are there's so no you can price put on you your resume. To that. No. Yeah, it's a resume Picture builder. Picture the Hall of Fame. But to to quote a famous I put that person, on my resume. in the battle of man versus food, food won. Yeah. Uh, so well, you weren't prepared. Guys, oh, I, like there's yeah. like there's skinny guys like Kobayashi, or even the guys like Joey Chestnut, this yeah. personal hero. Um, I met him. By they the way. train for that. Yes, you needed a training montage, and instead you got bushwhacked at the last minute. <laughs> at the last minute. So, hey, Jeff, I mean, help me out. Fortunately <laughs> for me, the only thing I'd had to eat all day was a the $1 chicken sandwich and a small fries from McDonald's. That's, that's not real yeah, food. That's not, so, that's so, and that was, that was like two and a half hours before it's I tackled like an appetizer. this pizza. So, yeah, really. so <laughs> I mean, that that helped me But some. your stomach was not stretched out, and, oh, and, no. and neither is Rawls. No. Rawls no. works out. He's, he's in good shape. He's, he, he's, he doesn't... And he he's not keeps prepared trying for to this. do these contests. He did that. Uh, he's done that one now. He's done the the six pound burrito okay. NASCAR. Good uh, he did this like there's like this that just looks horrendous. Huge bowl of soup thing. 
that they did one time. Bowl of soup. Huge bowl it's, it's of like, soup. It's like uh, some kind of an Asian soup, and it's it's like spicy. And he's like, "Oh no!" You know uh, what? So they brought out this bowl Jeff, of red. Do you want to prepare? Do you want to prepare? For this pizza challenge, I will do this with you. I what am I? I don't. I only weigh like 140, 150. I'm only like five, seven, five, eight ish. I'll, I'll cheer I, you on, and that way, if Barry drops out, someone can help you. Barry, I will prepare. <laughs> for, I will train for this. Wow, folks! I brought home the other half of the pizza of my half of the pizza that I didn't eat. Yeah. it filled the whole box. Yeah, before I, I commit to anything, I want to try the pizza to make sure I yes. like it. Try the pizza, see if you like it. it actually, yeah, I, I got to say, though, Graziano's, the pizza was really good. It, um, the only one qualm I had was there was one piece that I ate that the dough wasn't cooked all the way through. Oh, oh, and, that's uh, that's chewy. I think yeah, so. But I think we ruin. found out their secret. But all the other pizzas, all the other pieces that I ate one were of the pieces, <laughs> and they won't eat They the hit that special right spot in the, in the oven where that one bit just doesn't cook and... Voila. Yeah. yeah this, I think you guys should just tape that. That should be I, like I think a, it's I think it's very tapeable. The two pounds of yeah. pizza that I brought home. No, no, were, no, 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 no. We did this. We did this already. The Bobby. The Bobby. No, no, the, the Bobby. Bobby was you two just sitting at this is you guys are going on location. You're doing you're doing a big thing. Okay. Here's Barry, here's Jeff. They're gonna conquer the pizza at Graziano's. Yeah! Ugly couch show, go! Two seconds of excitement, and then let's watch some guys eat some food. That's the magic of editing. Yeah. Weren't we supposed we could, to go... We can fast forward this. Jesus. Weren't we supposed to go do some kitchen sink ice cream I thing? I was just thinking of that. I'm not sure that ice cream place still exists. Yeah, I truth. haven't been in that area oh, yeah. in a while. You might want so. to move faster on these ideas. Yeah, before, before they, they go away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not prepared for this eating thing, i got to tell you. I don't I, want to do As that a again. geek, I feel bad because I, my, I, my stomach is not in, in fighting shape for this. Oh, I just had like half a meatball sub and I'm, I'm dying right Oh my now. God, he's, that's perfect. Now, then you healthy. get a training montage, one week of footage of you like guys little eating. Like Little Mac, right? Yeah. Running along that's outside right. the... Uh, Inspirational music yeah. on, uh, in the background as you're stuffing your face. Yeah, Barry's been trying to eat healthy, though. Adding sound effects. Oh, yeah. for God's so, sakes. So I don't, I don't know if he would be in shape. Fine, then you um, show a montage of him eating carrots and celery. <laughs> no, no, he's got to Eating celery stomach. while running, because I want to be able to work off some of these pounds. Because to, 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 to work out for an eating contest, you have to eat. And I have a very sedentary job. I sit at a desk. That's true. So wow. I'm going to have to, like, run, eat a burger, run. I'll, I'll run from fast food place to fast food place. There you go. It'll be like the Jared diet, <clears throat> but not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had respect for him before the guy that does man versus food whose yeah. name escapes me right now the, um, that guy yeah mm-hmm. that guy but I have even more respect for him now Adam because something. yeah Ad, thank you I, I ate just over two and a half pounds of pizza <laughs> and I hurt I watched that guy try to tackle an eight pound sandwich one day yeah. that I'm dude's like champion that, yeah he knows what he's doing yeah, good god he's so, all the way to the bank and he's getting fed um, hey, there you go. Yeah. And you can take that to the bank. What's in the news, man? Well, before I go in the news, just want to throw out a today happy 60th birthday to Bill Murray. Hey! Bill hey, Murray, happy the, 60th. The best of all the Ghostbusters. And what a great birthday it is, because you also get the birthday present of Civ Five. Yes, it is, and which I've already dipped my toe into, and you're lucky I'm doing this cast yeah. right now, really. We I, had to drag him away from that. I'm. It's. It to was do a fight. One more turn, I just. I can see it coming. Oh, I felt it. It's, I already feel it. I could easily just stop now and go. Let's let's not do this right Barry now. Barry knows let's, too. He bought it too, didn't you? Yeah. He, he hasn't played. It's in the car. It's in the car. Oh, okay. it's work. Yeah. It's in the car. 
So it's in the bag. <clears throat> but the all, all that stuff is interesting. So let's go to something not so interesting. News you don't give a shit oh, about. Oh yes. What don't I give a shit about this week? Well, uh, at the Bank of uh, America, Merrill Lynch Media Communications uh, Conference, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick has stated that he expects his company to start selling the cutscenes contained in video games separately to users within five years. What? Kotick believes that the quality of cutscenes as found in games like StarCraft II are of such high quality that customers would be willing to pay for them separately. Rather than paying for an entire game, the company would edit together the cutscenes of a game into a full film and sell this film to users at a price of twenty to thirty dollars. <laughs> That's idiot. Man. That's what YouTube is for. <laughs> wow. Fool! You are a fool, sir. That, he really is. That's not the first time he said whacked out stuff. This is the same guy that said, "Hey, we need to start charging people to play the online versions of the game that they buy." So in the next uh, Call of Duty 3, why don't we see a way that if they want to go online and play, we charge them an extra 10 bucks? Greedy dumbass. Yeah, this guy is... No finger on the pulse of But unfortunately, under him is when the last Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 flourished into the highest-selling game of all time. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, well, everyone gets one. (laughs) (laughs) And some of them get three or four. Uh News you don't give a shit about. Brooklyn Perfumery, I Hate Perfume, has a scent called In the Library, inspired by the familiar smells of the library. That's oh, no. Cool. It's like a book musty smell. book smell. Quoting yeah. perfumer uh, Christopher Brocious, quote, Too many, of course, these various bookish odors mean nothing. But to an avid reader and a collector like myself, these smells are as magical as the bouquet of great wine is to a connoisseur. <laughs> sort of a literary terrier. The uh, sense it mean excitement, adventure, discovery, enlightenment, and knowledge. Of course, my deep love of reading is exactly what's led me to, in the first place to begin capturing the scent of books and of the libraries where they live. That's what this perfume is all about. And then, of course, there are the scents of the different bindings, the glues, the leathers, the cloths, and the boards. Even the paperbacks all have a very unique characteristic, and to my mind, add an extra dash of personality to an otherwise mundane object. And yes, sometimes if a book has had the misfortune of being very poorly kept, I can detect a faint whiff of mildew. (laughs) This doesn't doesn't bother me in the least. It means this book has survived. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. You know the book magician on Charleston? I go there. kind of smells like cat pee. Yeah, well, that's... You've you read, read my rant. Read his blog. Yeah, yeah, my blog rant on that. <laughs> what is it about used bookstores and cats? I've seen so many that actually have cats in them. Yeah, book magician has cats in running around. The cat because... just looks at you and just disregards you. Yeah, and then it pees on this stuff on the lower shelves. And mm-hmm. You buy it, and then you get it home, and you're like, oh, this smells. I'm going to write a rant about it. To, well, I will say right now, the uh, infamous cat ladies out there tend to be avid readers as well. <laughs> I.e. the cat mysteries, the cat who came in from the, the cat who went out to the, the cat who jacked off to the, all those various mystery novels. Jacked off to Jacked the. off to This the. is why you should never date a girl who owns a cat. No, a cat is fine. If she Not owns even three, a cat four. is fine. Cats plural? Not so much. Two cats? A cat okay, is three just the is when you gotta worry. I see. Cats are not a, like a gateway drug. Gateway drugs are gateway drugs. <laughs> Cats are just cats. I'm just yeah. cats saying, it's been my pets. experience. If a girl has a cat, she's more likely to want another cat. 
And then another cat. And then another cat. My, that's been my experience with girls and dogs. Yeah? No, yeah. I don't think with dogs, no. It, Usually uh, they have one and they're it's, happy. It's all own experience. Or if they get two and then they're done. Yeah, but two is too much. I have never yeah, dated really. a girl that had more than two cats. Interesting thing about cats that I just recently learned. There is a luxury candle company who one of the uh, main ingredients to get that, that strong scent is... Cat musk. I'm using the little quote. Musk. For musk. Cat musk. Cat pee. Yeah. Cat, they put cat pee in the expensive candles. <laughs> mm. Either that or they squeeze a cat and get musk out of it. Makes, makes a lot of sense. That South Park episode where they were. Not kidding, it's a bad kitty. Sniffing the cat pee. <laughs> what did they like call this, oh, what was uh, it called? I don't know. Wow. Um, but, mm, yeah, cat, cat musk is what wow. they use in these expensive, very popular candles. I will not name the brand. Keeps them strong. Keeps them alive. That that long, long fresh, fresh scent. Cat oh. musk. Not to mention brings all the cats in around from the hood, scratching at your door. <laughs> <laughs> the candle that attracts in, sick, sick cats. Scratch, scratch, scratch. No. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Here is the description for Archie number six hundred and sixteen, campaign pain, part one. Huh? What? what? Yeah, that Archie is still being published. In case you were not oh, aware, oh, I'm aware. Yeah. So this this is the uh, the next Archie comic coming up soon. Quote: President Barack Obama, oh my god, and famed politician Sarah Palin get involved as student government campaigns spiral out of control at Riverdale High. The race between Archie and Reggie gets hot as campaign chaos reaches to the top, forcing an impromptu visit from these big-name politicos who get pulled into the fray. And if that weren't enough, there's also a part two that will be released one month later. Things are never... Cartoons, comics, any are never good when they put politicians in them. But they yeah. sell. They sell they big. They sell the Barack Obama appearances. On Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah, that so was huge. They went, they went into three printings at least. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get it either. Hot I mean, property branding. I don't. I don't want my politics in my comics unless no. it's a, you know, a thinly veiled political statement. And it's going to be irrelevant. And somewhat entertaining. Or a thickly veiled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's, it's somewhat entertaining. But when you start bringing in like well-known people into comics, especially politicians, irrelevant in eight years. Yeah. All this tells me is that Archie's going. We need to sell our comics. What is the quickest way to get people to buy them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, put uh, the two most derisive figures in, uh, in American politics. modern politics yeah. and, and put them in a fight. Yeah, that'll do it. Ugh. Is that like putting people on TLC now? Jeez. I will never watch TLC again. T- that TV. It was never the learning channel. No, no it's, it's, it's the reality channel that makes oh. you go, who are these idiots channel now? <laughs> There are so many ridiculous reality shows on that station now. It's, I, I, what are I, you learning? Well, there's so many everywhere. I will stick with the Science Channel and regular Discovery Channel, and that's mm-hmm. it. And their reality shows. Even uh, then. Ice Road Truckers on History? That's kind but, of amusing. Well, what, well, yeah, but on History? Swamp yeah. People. Pawn Stars. Pickers. Okay, now Swamp People. Uh, guys fighting Horrors. alligators? Yeah. I can get into that. that uh, that's, uh, that's heavy history. Driving Trucks Across Ice. What's historic about that? Swamp people, you can learn a little well, bit about culture. Like 50 right. years. The ice road trucker thing? So, okay. So you, you're like going to get how many seasons out of... I mean, they cover 100 years of history like in years. one show. There yeah. you go. It's Got a history of, its own, of itself. <laughs> ah, it's self-referential a, it's a self-propagating shows. Awesome. There you go. There you go. 
I, just I, wish, I, I, just, I, I just wish the Science Channel would actually not just. Oh, they teach the dumbest things on there. They don't even what? teach anything. You don't like Michio Kaku? I like Michio yeah, Kaku. Yeah, you're a fan. He dumbs it down for the audience. <laughs> well, well, he wants to reach to. the masses. Yeah, that's if he's Barry, if he does a show on his level, we're all going to be like, Mer? <laughs> I like reading. I would his get books. about fifty percent of it. <laughs> Look, listen. He, he reads the books for for minds like you. He does the show for everybody, the the every man to get it. Everybody, every man oh, isn't watching go. the Science Channel. That's, that's what you need. If the Elite Channel. <laughs> TEC, the Elite, the Elite Channel. Channel. You're not good enough. The NPR of television. <laughs> Everyone Barry. whispers into the. I thought PBS was the NPR of television. Eh. But Barry, if we don't so, yeah, bring it down to your level, you will never get what we are trying to tell you. So in other words, Barry, watch Omni. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> News you don't give a shit about and uh, things that make you go grr, pretty much. This uh, seeming to take a cue from the video game industry's long-standing practice of selling unlock codes and downloadable content, Intel is experimenting with selling codes for a for deliberately gimped oh, yeah. processors grr. that would Heard unlock their full power once the unlock code is applied. Saw this, hate it. For $50... The unlock code will download some software that will unlock some of the cache and hyper-threading capabilities in Intel's new low-end Pentium G6951 processor. How low? The code simply downloads and applies software, which means the feature being unlocked already comes built into the processor. Yep. Considering the content actually comes on the disk and developers are forcing gamers to pay extra to unlock something for which they've already paid, this business model has been enraging gamers for a while now. It's one thing to offer extra content... But many people feel it's not exactly an admirable practice to put that extra content on the product people have already bought and make them buy it again. Divix. The uh, processor world isn't necessarily going to be swept away in gimped hardware and unlock codes. Intel is only trying this experiment with one processor at the moment and doesn't have any official announced plans to deploy this business model across the rest of their line of processors. But it is a real thing and may become a prominent practice for Intel in the future. Yeah, and Gadget had already Don't spotted buy it at Best Buy. It. Don't buy it. Yeah. That's ridiculous. If you don't buy it, they won't do it again. Talk yep. with your money, people. Don't buy it. So, yeah. Oh, that, it's so mean. Yeah. So jackassed. And the thing, funny thing is, like, the history of unlocking pieces of a processor, it's, you know, it, it, it goes on. But typically, it's like if there was, say, a quad-core processor that two of its cores had a mistake in the in the printing process when the when the die was being cast for that well, then, particular then they lock, then they lock out two cores and they sell it as a lesser dual core processor yeah that's fine but, but this that, not, i don't have a problem with it yeah case, but though. this is yeah this is a completely different different scheme <clears throat> you know this is money grubbing and finally news you don't give a shit about twit change is no. geared toward a good cause Twit change. It's all proceeds from their celebrity Twitter auction go towards Haiti charity uh, at hominemhaiti.org. Okay. Sorry, at, at home in Haiti, not home. <laughs> <laughs> Attack, Attack the person in Haiti.org. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my critical thinking classes are foiling me already. <laughs> However, a certain current bid on, uh, on this auction is currently over $3,500 among serious bidders. With three days to go before the end of the auction from this podcast point. What could it be? The eBay page says what you'll get. Alyssa Milano will follow you on Twitter for a minimum of 90 days, will retweet one of your tweets, and will send out a tweet including your at Twitter handle. 
It will be at the celebrity's discretion to continue following the winner beyond 90 days. Misuse of talent connection on Twitter may result in revocation of the follow at the talent's discretion. Respect for the talent is expected at all times. The talent has a right to refuse fulfillment of the package based already established relationships, sponsorships, personal preference. If the package is not fulfilled, the winning bid amount will be refunded. So, yes, last time I saw him was at $3,550. To get Alyssa Milano to follow you on Twitter. For 90 days. What a bunch <laughs> of shit. You know what? You know what? What? Okay, I don't know who's worse. Alyssa Milano or the people that are actually bidding on this, that, that, it, that it's somehow worth $3,500 for Alyssa Milano. It to is for charity. Twitter. For $3,500, I want to date with Alyssa Milano. <laughs> You want to be seen in public with her. Yeah. That's right. I get you. I want her to physically touch my hand and during dinner and possibly a little side act. And I was act gonna, I was genuinely gonna, interested. I was going to say the condition in that one ought to carry, you must wear a condom. <laughs> <laughs> On all your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all the shit news for this week. But boy, that's a lot of shit news. It is a lot of yeah. shit news. Yeah. Wow. So, so let's go. We, we can geek right here. The weekend this, this, this is the real the stuff. The real news, and I hear you've got a lot of it. I do. The official, the, according to the official DC blog, DC Comics announced their plans to pack up and move from their Manhattan offices to Los Angeles in order to achieve a greater focus on film. Oh, DC Entertainment's publishing operations will remain in New York, but their businesses, what's business offices, are what moving on. This could mean for comic fans that there's a chance DC may adopt a movies over comics mentality. Though Marvel has proven it's possible for a comics publisher to turn out the movies and still focus on his comic branch, so fans not need worry yet. Following the announcement of the move, DC also said they'll be ending the Wildstorm universe line of comics. Really? Featuring Stormwatch and the Authority and absorbing the characters under the DC banner this uh, this December, bringing them wow. into the DC universe. Well, it's already huh. been established that the Wildstorm universe is one of those many sub universes <laughs> in in the DC uh, continuum. This is true. I mean, but, I don't know but if now they're too, but now they're it's an they're focusing reality. back in there. So you're going to see appearances by the Authority characters and so on in say so we're going to have an Apollo Dark. Nighter, Dark Midnighter, Apollo, Superman, Midnighter. Batman crossover. I, I, I guess so, and the Kev. Mm. No, don't forget the Kev. Kev. Well, yeah, but the Doctor would kick. I just want to see Superman's look on his face when Apollo and uh, Midnighter make out. (laughs) And would he approve? Yeah, really. This is uh, fully from Geeko System. Uh, While digging out a new water tank in the San Diego Zoo, construction workers found an animal that was certainly not part of any exhibit there—a nearly intact whale skeleton that is proven to be three million years old. That predates the Ice Age. Holy crap! Wow. (laughs) The creature was an adolescent baleen whale, not yet grown to its full size, despite being 24 feet long. Uh, from Sinon, San Diego, the skeleton, which is being removed by construction workers under the gui- guidance of Sarah Siren, paleontological field manager for the San Diego Natural History Museum, has an intact skull, vertebrae, and flippers. Hmm. So for another week or so, though, it'll remain the zoo's newest and oldest exhibit. <laughs> wow. oh, that's a whale of a find. Oh, oh, there it is. Yeah. Someone had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> what a giant discovery. So yeah, go go see some whale bone. <laughs> Barry sees whale bone all the time. Every time I look down. The latest dose of beta content to hit the World of Warcraft Cataclysm servers has included some uh, things long awaited and some surprises. To the surprises, add that 
in the updated Hillsbrad Foothills area that. of the World of Warcraft Cataclysm, there are a series of quests that walk you through several games of Plants vs. Zombies, Peace Bloom <laughs> versus Ghouls. <gasps> Judging by Total Biscuit's extensive video documenting of the minigame, the port is almost amusingly clean and accurate. That's awesome. Little bits of solar energy rain from the sky, which become the resources you need to plant various flowers that destroy the various undead trying to get from one side of the goblin farmer's field to the other. Some of the zombies wear buckets on their heads. Some of the plant varieties slow zombies down. There are even lawnmowers for when the zombies eventually bust through your carefully crafted tower lines. I love Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> I love that game. The game even rewards that most vital of all World of Warcraft loot, a non-combat pet. Specifically, a little singing sunflower. Unfortunately, there is no sound file associated with the sunflower at the moment. Blizzard and PopCap Games, the makers of Plants vs. Zombies, have collaborated before to create versions of popular PopCap games like Peggle and Bejeweled that allow WoW players to play them without tabbing out of World of Warcraft. But this is the first time that a direct homage to a PopCap product has been integrated into the World of Warcraft as part of the world. Wow. Ooh. Now it has mini games. Yeah. That Cataclysm. Game so big. It's going wow. To be a... wow. I'm still not playing, <laughs> Lewis. I don't believe you. You're going to get sucked back in eventually. I know I'm you not. You're going, to try, you're, going to, you're going to say, hey, to get it, out, but it pulled me back in. Hey, it does that. It does this now. And you can do this there now. And they've added that and this. And then they got took away that and made this better. No. Yeah. No. Never yeah. going to those. You fill those generalities in with specifics, you're fucked. You're I'd have gonna, to start from scratch. You're going to give it up. I, I, I'm going to let you down. Uh, Okay, I quit when I had a level seventy character. I would have to start rolled. from fresh. I would have to start fresh again because I would not have any idea how to play this game. I would have no idea what any of these crazy new zones do or any of these powers do. Would you like me to play with you? I was going to say you have to no. form a guild with the with the Master Torgo. Yeah, no. gold gold farming. Start we'll, building up. We'll be the gold the guild of two. <laughs> no, I already got a people asking me to run a guild in this other it thing. We'll wear no. skull masks and. Your symbol can be a 10-pound pizza. I'd rather start... Honestly, if I were looking for an MMO right now, I wouldn't go to World of of Warcraft because there's just so much out there. I I don't know where to start. I'd rather start fresh on a new game with everyone else, like uh, uh, Old Republic. Star Wars, The Old Republic. That's the next one you're waiting for? Yeah. You don't want to get back into Star Trek? No, no. (laughs) Star Trek is balls. Wow. You've heard my rant on that. I'm not oh, yeah, go no, I know. Again. The I was on that the rose. Little, I was on that, uh, what the hell is it called? Yeah, that thing. That thing. The with thing the, with the stuff? Yeah. That, the, that the, the thing. thing. The stuff. That thing. That thing. That thing. Um, I was on a, a podcast about... Uh, oh, that's right. Treadcast? Treadcast? No, it was not. Wow, let's go. I was on this other one. Other one. And I said my bit about why that game sucked. And I'm just looking forward to uh, Star Wars uh, Old Republic now because it, hopefully they'll learn from the mistakes that everyone else did. Because that yeah, happens Bioware. all the time in entertainment. It is Bioware. <laughs> it's Bioware, though. So just how cool is legendary fantasy author Sir Terry Pratchett? Pretty damn cool. In early 2009, he was knighted. Reportedly saying on that occasion, you can't ask a fantasy writer not to want a knighthood. <laughs> well, this year, he took his new Station of Night Bachelor seriously. Pratchett took it upon himself to forge a sword using more than 175 pounds of iron ore found in a deposit near his home in Wiltshire, and for good measure, he added added several chunks of meteorite, thunderbolt iron, for their highly magical properties, says Pratchett, 
You've got to chuck that stuff in whether you believe it or not. That's awesome. Yeah. So wow. he made himself a magic sword of meteorite. Okay. 175 pounds. That's a big sword. And for those who don't know uh, Terry Pratchett, he is the uh, Douglas Adams of fantasy novels. I saw the sword. It's a pretty big sword. It's not like huge. It's not like all 175 pounds goes into it. I know. You know but uh, I'm sure it's magical. Hey, if I had Isn't the money, I'd do it. magical. Yeah, it was but, made by Terry Pratchett. It's going to be magical with the meteorite or not. Yeah. And you have to, you have to make your own. Smelt that iron. I would make my sword out of sandwiches. That's. <laughs> it wouldn't last very long, man. Would it? would be a very tasty sword. I continually have to remake my sword. Yeah, really? Oh. Yeah, You'd so go up against Rawl, and that would be it. Oh, no, because you guys failed. I'll swallow your sword. I'll swallow your sword. I'm sure you, I'm sure you will. <laughs> oh, God. Sandwich sword. Uh. In an open letter published on the Video Game Voters Network website, Stan Lee has thrown his support behind the game merchants of a Schwarzenegger government, governor of California versus entertainment merchants at all. Cool. The case headed for Supreme Court, which will give a federal ruling on whether it is constitutional to prohibit minors from purchasing violent games. Lee makes very appropriate comparisons between the current mainstream worry about children playing violent games and the same fears about crime and horror comics in the 1950s. Yeah, the comic code stuff, yeah. Now, here's yeah. some excerpts of uh, mm-hmm. Lee's letter. I created Spider-Man, Iron Man, and the Hulk. He always starts with those sentences, always. Because that's his most... Gotta state your creds. That's true. Yeah. But we and... know him. No yeah. one else does. Yeah, but they know Spider-Man, Iron yeah, Man, and Politicians Hulk. don't know, oh, Stan Lee, oh, you created these things. Okay, continue. Except I'm sure they Obama. had a childhood sometime in their lives. They never had childhood. Politicians? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's right. <laughs> Politicians not in the secret facility they grow, they grow them, no. <laughs> They're born old. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. They are the virtual ancestors of the characters in today's games. In the 1950s, there was a national hysteria about the so-called dangerous effect comic books were having on our nation's youth. When you get that feeling... Comic books, it said... It. Really? <laughs> You know I had to do it. <laughs> Comic books, it said, c- contributed to juvenile delinquency. Uh, Senate subcommittee investigated and decided the U.S. could not afford the calculated risk involved in feeding its children through comic books a concentrated diet of crime, horror, and violence. Comic books were burned. The state of Washington made it a crime to sell comic books without a license, and Los Angeles passed a law that said it was a crime to sell crime comic books. Looking back, the outcry was, forgive the expression, comical. The more things change, as they say, the more they stay the same. Substitute video games for comic books, and you've got the 21st century replay of the craziness of the 1950s. States have passed laws restricting the sale of video games, and later this year, Supreme Court will hear a case about one of those laws, this one passed in California. Why does this matter? Because if you restrict sales of video games, you're chipping away at our First Amendment rights to free speech and opening the door to restrictions on books and movies. The Supreme Court should find the law unconstitutional, as lower courts have, but politicians who keep looking for ways to restrict the rights of gamers and computer and video game artists because it makes for good headlines to say they're protecting the children, even if they're doing no such thing. They do so despite the fact that the industry has a remarkable rating system in place already and all new consoles have parental controls, both of which help parents ensure they are in control of what their children play. But you can't help fight the battle against politicians. Stan Lee did something good. Yeah. Yeah. This is what he should stay doing. He's a smart guy. You know, every time I've heard him speak, he's... Yeah. 
he he has guy. ideas what? like that, and it just it saddens me that he can't make a new comic book that's yeah. that's entertaining. There it is. But uh, but I mean, he's a smart guy. He's very entertaining to listen to. Uh, it like I said, he uh, just keeps putting out crap on TV. But it, it's it's interesting because it, Stan, yeah. stop it! <laughs> what Lightspeed. real superheroes? Oh, Stripperella. Oh, <laughs> but he's right. You know, all it is is it's Light it's speed. It's a scapegoat, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Scapegoat for boats. And it's yeah. a distraction, really. You know, it's to distract us from all the other things that are going and on. And it's hard to fight. Save yeah. our children. Yeah. How do you fight yeah. that? And I'm, I'm reading the uh, latest GamePro magazine, and GamePro, if you're not aware, has ch- completely changed their format. They, they used to be kind of the, the brainless child of the magazine industry as far as video games go. But right. they completely did a 180 and are now very, very... Very smart in their writing. They, really? they are good writers. They have great editorials. This new ep- this new issue is all about first person shooters, and mm. the first half of it is like the psychology of first person shooters, mm. what kind of uh, what they do to our monkey brains, why we play them. Really, um, but there's one article in there about a guy who let his four year old play Grand Theft Auto, and he was fascinated by the fact that the four year old was playing it unlike your average gamer plays it. He was trying to follow the rules of the road. Instead of hitting a pedestrian with his car, he tried to go up on the sidewalk. When he did hit a pedestrian, he looked for his dad to make sure that you know, he could still play. He wasn't allowed to go off there anymore. He, instead of going off to do the crime stuff, he saw the police car on one investigation and said, Can I take the police car, Dad's dead. You can do whatever you want in the game. And the kid takes the police car and starts to go off and do vigilante missions. Then he sees a fire truck. And says, I want to I wanna be a fireman. So he grabs the fire truck and starts doing the fire missions. And literally plays the sandbox game that it is. Mm. Mm. And in the, the, it's a great article. If it's in the latest Game Pro, I highly recommend it. That's well, it's kind of like that, the Penn and Teller bullshit episode with the video games. Where mm-hmm. they, you know, the kid that played Grand Theft Auto. And they took him out to shoot the real gun. Oh, and. <laughs> It just destroyed this kid. The yeah, kid, oh, like, he started crying. Yeah, after he started, yes, sh- sh- I sh- mean, it was the only time I've ever seen them apologize. At the end of the episode, they said that they were sorry to that kid, you know, for for doing that. Wow, that's I mean, a lot it, when you get that out of pen. Yeah, violent games turn kids into killers. Actually, not. No, it's exactly the opposite. Go read Grand Theft Childhood. Yeah. Great, great book. If you want to see my review? That. Watch the other cat show. I got it on here. Yeah, it's in the archives. Look it up. All right. Well, here's another piece of scary. Okay. Although Autodesk, creators of the computer design program AutoCAD, has lost the case regarding resale of its used products twice before, it didn't stop them from continually appealing the decision. On September 10th, the U.S. Court of Appeals and the Ninth Circuit ruled in favor of Autodesk, setting the precedent that selling used software is a violation of intellectual property rights. Mm? Autodesk made the case in response to finding... Timothy Verner selling unopened copies of AutoCAD on eBay that he bought from an office sale. Autodesk lost the previous cases mainly due to Timothy Verner's defense that he can sell used copies of AutoCAD under the first sale doctrine, which states a person could legally sell a used item purchased from its owner so long as the copies of said item aren't created. Werner's defense held up through previous cases because of first sale doctrine directly describes this exact situation regarding selling used copies of AutoCAD, except for one tiny hair to split. This time around, 
What seemed to turn the tide for Autodesk was their claim that Werner didn't purchase the software from its owner, which would be Autodesk, since AutoCAD is their intellectual property. Thus, the first sale doctrine defense didn't apply because the doctrine states items can only be resold when purchased from the item's owner. It's all semantics and hair-splitting, but it finally won Autodesk their desired ruling. Aside from potentially tarnishing the reputation with its user base, the ruling Autodesk One has technically set a precedent regarding the sale of used items that are considered intellectual property, leaving the biggest used trade markets around used video games a glaring, susceptible target. What about used books? Well, yeah, uh, movies. I'm sitting here looking at tons of stuff. What, if I buy any of these DVDs from you... Their original owner can come after you for selling them or me for buying them? Yep. Yes, according to this ruling. Yep. That's stupid. As AutoCAD, AutoCAD is an intellectual property to Autodesk. Video games are intellectual property to their developers. And considering we don't normally buy used video games directly from the developers, but buy them from retail outlets like GameStop instead, our purchases aren't protected under first sale doctrine. Whether or not developers will actually go through the legal process in order to curb the sale of their used video games, many prominent developers, including Electronic Arts, Ubisoft, Activision, and THQ, have already attempted their own ways to prevent the sale of used games. This ruling, however, can potentially provide game developers with an easier, legal way to stop the sale of used games. Yeah, not just that's games, disturbing. movies. That's the thing that worries me. Yeah. Well, yeah More people are I mean, into movies than they are into video games and... Most of our our video, our movies and TV, there's a lot of us that are getting it from digital downloads now. Yeah. Oh. So. I, IP is such nonsense. That that that's like it's not in the Constitution. It it's like I I almost see it as an end around around the copyright laws that they're already uh, bastardizing with the infinite copyright. Yeah, protecting well, uh, no, protecting Disney and the mouse. Yeah, there's no hard fast rule on what is intellectual property and what and there's and the thing that bothers me the most is there's no limits on that intellectual property. It's not like uh-huh. I created this for this purpose, it's sold, it's done. It's like, well, no, I own it in perpetuity. It is yeah. like Yeah. Well, well, I mean, how are you going to prove that 50 years down the line? Oh, well, hey, I created this and this person has sold that icon for 50 years now, I want my chunk of change. I agree. I, I and just, I think it's, where, I think where it's are you disastrous put, yeah. for art. I think it's, it's, a, it's very bad because at some point, the bird's got to be let out of the cage. Yeah. And it, the art's got to belong to the public for them to do with what they will after the owner has uh, made their statement. And yeah, exactly. I, oh. It's like you already made your money off of it. You know, you sold that product with that item on there. Now you want to be paid indefinitely for that item. Oh, I've that, spoken to creators who told yeah. me they want their children and their grandchildren to be paid. One uh, comic yeah. artist I know who was talking about that and he was just he was he just saw nothing wrong with the idea of forever owning his work and it passing on to his family and so on. Yeah, it's like some of these lawsuits I don't get. I mean, I do get like with the early comics yeah, these guys got paid nothing to create some of the characters that went on to make these companies millions. At the same time, though, you were in employ of that company when you created it. You know, do you really expect to own that character for the rest of your life and then say, okay, now that I'm in my you know, later years, I'm going to turn those rights over to my kids and to my grandkids, 
and they're gonna get their percentage for the rest of their life. It's like, well, I where, where does it end? A percentage if, if their intellectual property is being used for commercial purposes, if it is not being used for commercial for commercial purposes, mm-hmm. you could suck it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. Well, what if, uh, like say, intellectual property goes beyond information-based media, maybe into engineering and manufacturing? Ooh. Well, mm. if that goes... So like I invent a widget. I invent a widget or a design for a widget. I sell you a widget. What then? And that's well, supposed to use vehicles. Well, hold on. What do you What do you mean? Use vehicles? Like use vehicles? That's yeah. hard goods. Well, I'm just saying if the definition of intellectual property changes, or if there's a precedent yeah. down the line. Well, he's got a point because yes. like each I, new I, vehicle I, has a certain. Um, Gadget in there that has a specific design, right? And according to this, if you didn't buy from the yeah. first owner, yeah, then you don't have a legal right. So to. GM could say, "Come after me later on if I ever sell my truck." They could say, "Well, you know, you <laughs> sold our property because you're not, not their property. You yeah. bought it. It's your property." That's where the end user licensing things are really kind of sketchy because they're changing them all the time. It's insane. Uh, it's like where where do you define the end user? Is it the person that purchases it, or is it I the never liked that turns I never liked saying I agree to those things. Yeah, like when you when you start up a piece of software, or or yeah. by using this or by displaying this, you agree to the end user license. Da, 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 da. That always makes me worry. But that is an excellent point. You know, I you turn around and sell a used car, and suddenly you and then get also sued. You, you turn around, <laughs> you start up the same software, and then all of a sudden it has a new end user license that pops up for some reason because there's yeah. been changes to it. Because mm-hmm. a stupid little update. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every yeah. time you updated, you have to update Warcraft. You have to agree, mm-hmm. you know, and that's lame. I, I always want to read those, but you need to be a lawyer to play anything anymore. It almost sounds like <laughs> these patent trolls, these these guys that they have nothing better to do than to go around and look through, you know, every piece of software, every piece of engineering to go, oh ho. That looks very, very similar to something I think we have in our patent library, and then go sue that person, where that person may have never, ever seen this patent in this archive, had their own, you know, brilliant way to solve a problem, they thought, and now somebody goes, oh, you're getting sued. Why am I getting sued? Because you just designed uh, Mm -hmm. a piece of, you know, engineering or technology or software that's very similar to what we already own. Mm -hmm. That's, it's the same... I have a theory. Uh, I have a theory. Hear me out. Okay. Um, I think... No, it's just me. I think that, in general, people are not wholly assholes. They're not, they're not complete assholes. They won't just sue you because they can. That, that, that troll... There's that a smaller troll, percentage. It's, it's a small it's percentage. It's a very, very tiny percentage but of people that do that. And I think that the lawyers have to crawl up everyone's ass to... to, to to, to you know, to make sure that everything's covered, all the bases are covered, because of that teeny tiny percentage of people. Now, I think, just like it's hard to motivate people to do anything, right. it's hard to motivate people to find those people, and instead of, and instead of allowing them to be so litigious and make the rest of us litigious, we should just curb stomp them. <laughs> as, a, as a society put your just face say, on you that know curb down there. that's enough out of you <laughs> quit being a moron you're ruining it for the rest of the class you know on a, on a uh, coincidental and, and similar vein I had a dream last night that I was watching Saved by the Bell and Screech was playing and stole one of my songs that I wrote 
Did you really? That's what I dreamt last night. Wow. I woke up before I could do anything, so I don't know what I did. <laughs> and, of course, the multiple layers of irony. Next week, you're going to get a cease and desist from the original creators of Saved by the Bell for, for using their intellectual property in your dreams. Uh, <laughs> the word screech is trademarked. It's right there. And the fact that I put it on the show means I've, I've marketed the commodity. There you go. You highlighted so, their copyright. So there it is. Cause tisky, tisky. So can I... You fargan bastard. You violated my rights. But I figure I got it directly from them. I don't know. It's all getting complicated. <sighs> no, you just got it from the broadcast company. <laughs> it is, either that or I am finally intercepting They're TV in waves head. in my head. They're now in that, my head. Now that there are no longer you any aerial antennas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wonder what else I'm going to pick up tonight. Let's start. The plate in your head is gone Wi-Fi. As long as it's not NCIS, I'll be all right. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with NCIS? <laughs> I just said that to make you say that. Jeff is the only person I know who tapes NCIS. Tapes. Tapes? Tapes. Sorry. Wow. Sorry, DVR. You might as well have a bird curving it out on rock. Ching, ching, ching. Here's your latest like, episode, Jeff. I tell people, I'm like, we don't tape the show. We record the show. Why don't you tape it? Because... <laughs> Because we use an all digital process, we wow. don't record it on the tape. I don't know. And you're some people don't get do. that. We, we, fine, we tape the show. We, we, should, we tape start the show saying we, yeah, we put it on Scotch tape. Yeah, yeah. Right, no. we should start saying we Betamax the show. <laughs> we put it on wax, <laughs> wax cylinder of the show. I have a bunch of mimes perform it for me when I get home. <laughs> I would actually pay for that, but <laughs> dance mimes. <laughs> but since I didn't get the mimes from the original copyright. That's oh, right. Yeah. I could be infringing like on the it. mimes. Mothers. The mimes should yeah. get sued for recreating someone else's intellectual right. property. <laughs> what are you having my son do? Pay me a check. <laughs> but I would like to see them appear in court. Bailiff, <laughs> <laughs> let the mime out of the box. <laughs> There's no box, sir. I'd like to call my first witness Squeaky Sham. Come up here, Squeaky Sham. <laughs> Your Honor, I don't know where he's trapped because there's no physical wall here. He apparently can't hear us, sir, in whatever box he's created for himself. All right, what about the one he's walking against handcuffs. the wind? That's Michael Jackson. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, ever seen an awesome prop on your favorite sci-fi TV show and thought, hey, I once? Yes, yes. many yep. times. Well, your wish is about to be granted if, if? if. your favorite show happens to be Stargate SG-1. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> Just a slight condition there. Wait, we're going to build us up and tear us down. Hey, don't knock the SG-1. Uh, On September You've never watched it. You don't know. You ain't seen the movie. You haven't seen the movie. And there have been two movies. <laughs> I haven't seen those. Well, there's been one... Man, what like is it? What, 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 tell me this news. On September 25th and 26th, yes. StargateArtifacts.com will hold an auction at the Experience Music Project slash Science Fiction Museum oh, in yeah. Seattle of 50 original props from the show, including an actual Stargate from the pilot episode. Yeah. That's expected to go for $8,200,000. Isn't PropWorks doing that one, too? Not sure, but the whole, whole list is online if you want Where to see it, if you're interested. in here? It's well, a Stargate. How big is it? There you go. We can watch the TV through it. It'll be like we're watching TV through the, the gate. Stargate. It would fit against that wall. You'd walk in and I'd go, hey, Barry, see my Stargate? You'd be like, what's Stargate? And sure, it would partially block the hallway, but no more than our eventual 108-inch plasma TV. That's yeah. true. So We'll put the Stargate around the 108-inch plasma so that, that it looks we like... We should the, get it a is... round plasma TV. Yes. Yeah. And, and, 
Do they make that? Telling you that's. Uh, It'll make. A, I'll, 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 we'll set a screensaver so it makes that ripple effect. Yes. So it makes it look like they, the Stargate's yes. active. Yes. Yeah. You know, at some point they'll do that. They will do that. They but will it, trick it's a, out. It's a square screen monitors. and it's a round hole. Oh, they'll make it a round screen. I'll make it work. <laughs> and then they'll get Cameron to make movies for it. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, hear me out. Ryan Reynolds is busy working on the upcoming DC superhero film Green Lantern. He's yes. also still on track to play Marvel's anti-hero in the proposed Deadpool movie. Right. The character he previously portrayed in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yes. I'm surprised they don't consider it a conflict of interest. Uh, well, uh, Reynolds recently spoke about playing that emotionally damaged character and how the movie is going to veer away from what we saw in Wolverine. Thank God. He doesn't die? <laughs> Reynolds told Heroes Complex that the Deadpool movie won't be beholden to the events in Wolverine, which is good news for fans who weren't crazy about how the character was handled in the first place. In fact, it's not going to be like any superhero movie you've seen before. Quote, it goes in such a different direction that, than a superhero movie usually goes. It's a nasty piece of work. It's just based in so much emotional filth completely. It's like Barfly if it were a superhero movie. It sort of treads into the world of an emotionally damaged person. I always say that Deadpool is a guy in a highly militarized shame spiral. So it's different than the superhero movies to date. It departs so far from that. The script for Deadpool is in the works from uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who previously combined their efforts on Zombieland. And the script is praised by Robert Rodriguez, who may or may not be directing the movie. That's still very much up in the air. Emotionally damaged. Deadpool's insane. Yeah. yeah. But he's funny. It's going to be funny, oh, yeah. I hope. Zombieland writers, I'm... Uh, that, that, yeah. I'm, I'm, it, that sounds I'm okay. like the right hands to me. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yes. Yeah. That sounds all right. We yeah. approve. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could I could see Deadpool as being an emotionally damaged person. That's why he's crazy. I mean, it could kind of make sense. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I withhold judgment until I have seen the yeah. finished product. I, I, I like the idea of, of Reynolds in that part. Yeah, well. yeah, I remain cautiously optimistic. And I'm very excited to see Buried. Just saying. Yeah, yeah really. This might be reason to forgive Reynolds for marrying <laughs> Johansson. <laughs> never, Maybe. Never. never, never. <laughs> and a uh, little bit of uh, uh, dip your heads for this news, folks. Uh-oh. Fans of the DRM-free PC classics bowed their collective heads. The administrators of good old, ga administrators of good old games, GOG.com, mm -hmm. confirmed that the shutdown of their site was not, as was previ previously believed, a publicity stunt. Business and technical reasons were cited as causes of the shutdown of the digital download retailer, with a more detailed explanation planned for, well, this Wednesday. Those who have purchased games before the shutdown will be able to download them and their bonus features beginning this Thursday, though no specifics have been given on how users will be allowed to do it. So GOG is no more. We, what uh, happened? We, we touted that apparently tomorrow we get the full explanation, but uh, they went out of business. Basically, is what it comes down to. Oh, that, that sucks. sucks. Yeah, we already we reviewed them on the show not long ago. For those out there not familiar, uh, Good Old Games uh, were releasing direct download, DRM-free, old games from the, the 90s, good stuff. late was 80s. Just not enough business. I don't know. From Might and Magic to that's the ones I really they like. They probably XCOMs got sued by somebody. Somebody said, "Hey, that's my intellectual property. Yeah. You're turning around and there selling." No, no. Curb stomp no. those people. <laughs> so, Good Old Games. Many of us are out there hardly knew you. I knew you. I loved you. Well, I still got direct to drive, I guess. Not yep. the same, though. And Steam. Steam. Steam and direct to drive, and their other ilks. Rest in pieces. Yeah, mm -hmm. but this was the one that was just concentrating on old stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff I like. Yeah. 
and stuff that would work on your Windows 64-bit system that the old stuff does not work on without yep. significant Yeah, they made that shit ups work. And chugs. They did. I tried to install XCOM on my machine and it just <clears throat> died and failed. It was terrible. I, I actually <laughs> bought mine through, I think, good old games. My XCOM set. Really? So it, uh, it works fine on my, my system. No, Paul lent me this thing. Lesson. And I had to get a slower for it. I had to slow it down. Oh, yes. You had to... Like DOS box it. DOS box, down. yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's crap. You got to. Some of those. But they did that for you. So that's why they were so good. Epic Games. Remember them? Yeah. Yep. Jazz Jackrabbit and all the other crap. Oh, does anybody ones. remember Interplay? I haven't seen anything How, on Interplay in years. I'll go you one further. Epics. Yeah. P-Y-X. Yep. Oh. Yeah, Summer Games. Winter Games. Summer Games. Jump California Man, Games. Jumpman and Jumpman Jr. California Games. I played the hell out of that on the Commodore 64. Those neon-colored boxes. Temple <laughs> of Apshai. Stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, now we're in Nostalgia Land. Yeah, they eat it. Take uh, us out of Nostalgia no, Land. Now, I'll take you out with the big list. How about big that? Big list! Wow, already? Yep. Well, already. Yeah, it just seems like it was a fast couch cast, but I guess it's been an hour. Yeah. All right, there it's not that big a list because I had a lot of news, but we kind of barreled through it. Yeah, we did. So we got through it pretty quickly today. Four insane true facts about StarCraft, the professional sport. Oh boy! By what? Christina H. Yes, these are the four insane things you may not know about Crazy Korea and their professional StarCraft sports. Maybe. All right. Number four, StarCraft is a career in Korea. A career. Well, I knew that. The U.S. has programming circuits, sir. The Koreans have 12 professional StarCraft teams with top players making fat six-figure salaries. What? Not only <laughs> do Korean pro gamers rake in the dough, but also national attention. 120,000 people gathered live in a stadium to watch a 2005 StarCraft championship. Over 40,000 more than attended the Super Bowl that year. Holy Jesus. That's it. We're moving the Ugly Couch Show to Korea. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm learning Korean. Oh, and if, <laughs> if you had any doubt that Korea as a nation takes this seriously, note that the Korean Air Force actually started their own gaming team so that top players wouldn't have to stop playing when they join the military for their compulsory two-year service. If you're wondering if it's like, they're, like this anywhere else, No. Almost half of all copies of StarCraft, 4.15 million out of 9.5 million, were sold in South Korea. Yep, that Note, I had heard. They have one sixth the population of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, wasn't it in Korea? They years ago they had the big scandal because people were rigging video games. Oh, yeah, the whole yep. betting scandal. Yeah, yeah. yeah they had. I the, remember hearing about that. Oh yes. <laughs> Many careers were lost. <laughs> so if you build your career around StarCraft, the first one, uh-huh. when StarCraft Two comes out, what happens? To oh, you? a lot of a lot of them got worried. Are are worried about it still? There, some of them haven't even adopted it. You know they're going to patch the hell out of there it you go. over oh, yeah. the next year. So how do you comp- you adjust? NFL introduced the forward pass, and the game changed. You will adapt. There you go. Speaking of the NFL, my Chiefs are 2-0. I can't uh, believe it. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Got, got some good news out of your Chiefs yeah. peoples. <laughs> for the last, <laughs> not much good news for them out of the last five years, but yeah. A good start. Good start. I'm good a start. Browns fan. I got it worse. Uh, oh. Yeah. 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 
I'm a Washington Senators guy. I'm a Monroeville Zombies dude. <laughs> Number three, foreigners move there for their StarCraft careers. That I do not know. So no matter how hardcore you are in the U.S., StarCraft team is nobody is ever coming to a football stadium to watch you play. Uh. And the U.S. Air Force is sure as hell not going to make a team for you. So what's an American StarCraft ace to do? You move to Korea. The first big star to go east was Gurr. Huh? That's what he called himself. His real name was Guillaume Patry. A Canadian. Gurr. But he calls himself eh? Gurr. He moved to Korea at age 18 in the early years of StarCraft and was a pioneer in developing strategies and whatever, winning things left and right until time passed and his new generation of damn kids studying the strategies of the old schoolers rose up and usurped their elders. (laughs) (laughs) After trying his hand as a poker pro, Patry got a real job or something and now has come full circle to throwing his hat back into the ring with StarCraft 2. He's a creaky old 28 years old. Jeez. What? One foot in the grave. <laughs> Since then, other foreigners have attempted to make their name in the Korean scene, including American big shop Idra, who also moved there at 18 years old. Wow. I want to see them, uh, 80s Jeff, start a StarCraft draft. <laughs> Number yes. one pick in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the uh, StarCraft groupies look like. Eat? That's a good question. Ooh, yeah, if, if they cosplay it at all, or is it... Yeah, really. So Torgo just... would be in heaven. He loves the little uh, Asian girls. So I'll just skip to number one. Players have groupies. <laughs> <laughs> That's surprising. Prediction from Davinator. I already explained how uh, StarCraft players get cash and fame, which is weird enough. But on top of that, they also get chicks. Throngs of girls seriously throw themselves at these scrawny game-playing nerds. Top players like Lim Yohuan come back from matches to find their team t- team van covered with messages from girls saying things like, <laughs> Lim Yohuan, I'm yours, I belong to you, and marry me, Lim Yohuan. We definitely are living in the wrong country right now. And they text their panties to him while he's playing. I have have nothing to say to that. And they write little uh, online love notes. America, we are doing something wrong. Now, Torgo, there are no female StarCraft uh, players? Not that I'm aware of. Wow. Mm, Could be, but nothing Probably illegal over there. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You're not cooking, you no play. Backing up to number two... StarCraft training is ridiculous. I would imagine. They measure their speed in actions per minute. The number of times in one minute they can move a unit or do something else in the game. One gamer talks about at the top levels you need to be about 300 actions per minute. That's five actions per second. Yeah. They get up to that speed first by being born with Rain Man-like perfect storm of genetics and then training of minimum 10 hours a day, six days a week. Wow. So they're like professional athletes. Teams actually live together in barrack-like quarters, though, of course, they separate Protoss, Zerg, and Terran players into separate rooms, (laughs) naturally. So, if you think you know some crazy StarCraft players, consider that there are millions of Koreans whiling away all their free time in PC bangs, playing match after match of StarCraft, and they're not good enough for the pros. Wow. Only 300 lucky nerds are licensed pros. Yes, you have to be licensed. And yes, they have a draft, too. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) What other... Wow. Is the game that balanced... 
that you can actually have a sport out of it? If you talk to StarCraft players, yes, they will say the game is that balanced now. Is there any other game like that? I don't and it know. sounds Even like the people specialize. They don't say, "Okay, guy X, you get a random race." No, it sounds like yeah, they they oh, yeah, Protoss, yeah. Terran, and uh, apparently the new game is very Terran heavy. It's not balanced yet. The Terrans well, have a yeah, definite Protoss, advantage. They're you supposed know, to be you releasing steal. a patch soon. To... You can, if you play Protoss, uh, if you have a Dark Update. Templar, you can steal a uh, one of the workers from the Zerg and the humans and start building Zerg and human shit as well. Hmm. You know, I've never played StarCraft in my life. What? <laughs> what? Not, not a single one. How? Yeah. How? I'll tell, uh, you, I'll tell you how. Civilization. Yeah. Which is calling my fucking name. Yeah. I, I wonder if Is they... that the one that has the caveman needs fire? I'm sorry? Caveman needs fire. No, that's mm-hmm. Gauntlet. That, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no. That's where my brain went. Ah, no, I, I don't know about uh, Caveman Like when fire. you're assembling your civilizations fire. and they you know, they start talking about the things that they need and, or they no, want. No, no and, because the game already assumes you know fire. It doesn't start that far back. Well, because yours, the, you were playing on the Xbox was telling Civil Revolution? You, yeah. Good game, was, was speaking to you. Like, you know what? If I remember right, when your your first advisors come up and they are kind of Neanderthal esque, if I remember right, they're not too <laughs> too heavy handed. But why don't we have professional games? Uh, as like, they've sports? tried, they've tried to do TV shows that have full on prizes, grading uh, guild teams uh, for first person shooters for StarCraft. Well, they do do it for first person shooters. In fact, I know a girl yeah. who's a professional uh, Unreal Tournament uh, player. See the problem is very. Is that we have too many professional sports leagues as it is now that it takes up a lot of the attention. Think about all of the people that you've known in your life. How many of them were video gamers or even interested in video games? I know, many, yeah. I know more people that are into video games now than I did just 10 years ago. So maybe you it's know. a growing phenomenon. And it, it, it is a growing phenomenon. I think it just hasn't gotten to that point yet. Yeah. Because so why did it happen let's in face Korea? It, you ha- well, Korea, I, I don't know if you would necessarily call them a sports-centric uh, you know, culture. I mean, you just look at, just using the United States as an, exa- as an example, we have baseball, we have football, we have basketball, hockey. we have hockey, we have all of these things that Put are literally... You know, the seasons overlap, so there's always something going on. And And I still hesitate to call it a sport, because I still don't consider it a sport, but NASCAR goes on all year long now. So you have all of these people that are fans of all these multiple things, and they have their attention focused on this literally year long. You also have indoor football. Yeah. You also have lingerie football. Yes. Las Vegas, we're actually getting a team. I don't know if you caught that. A lingerie football team? We're getting a lingerie football team. Love it. And And we're just not even talking professional. They've got that going on with college. You've got the college sports. Yeah. But they also televise the friggin' Little League games. So you're talking about one more activity that has to find television time to attract an audience or or vice versa. So why why didn't professional sports catch on in Korea... Well, you know, maybe they did. They do play baseball in Korea. Korea is you and know it's not, it's not as big as like say Japan sure with baseball. Soccer. Well, then we they need to find out how it is, how it is that StarCraft got its start. It, I can tell you how it got its start in Korea because okay. the time that StarCraft was released was at around the same time that the PC bangs came into prominence. Those are the internet cafes mm-hmm. in Korea. 
and it's it's there. I mean, pe- that's where people flock to the internet and the game that was readily available, the new game, StarCraft. And so Korea's internet crazy anyway. They even mm-hmm. have like better they have better in- internet infrastructure than yes, yeah, do. we do. So, so timing. So yeah, it, it's it was a perfect storm. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Then they gotta have something to do while they keep looking at North Korea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, before we sign off, guys, gentlemen, do you have what? What are your geeky plans for this week? What are you gonna do? You know what I'm doing, Barry. I'm what you gonna Civ do? Five. That sounds great. Uh, that's what I'm gonna do too. What are you gonna do, Jeff? Um, probably we'll be playing some Halo Reach multiplayer very soon. Uh-huh. Now that we have the Xbox back. So find him online. He'll be playing. Yes. How about you, I'm sir? Dying, Dave Raider, what you got? I'm going to be camped out in front of my Xbox. I got like five games I haven't touched yet that I bought right. a year ago. What's, what's, the, one, wait, what's, the, what's the one you're most anxious to get to? Uh, the Orange Box. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Good taste, sir. <laughs> Orange Box is a lot of fun. Special K, what you got? Special K. Special K. <laughs> I will actually. I'm catching up on uh, various uh, gaming podcasts. Uh-huh. There's a yeah. local gaming podcast, oh, yeah? Sharkbone.com. They are Vegas gamers, really? uh, Devin and Jarvis, and uh, they're kind of cool because their approach is to actually take pop culture stuff, like referencing particularly movies, but they'll go to comics and stuff like that and talk about pulling plot hooks for adventures, uh, sessions, huh. campaigns, and stuff like that. I and like actually, it. Say yeah. no, they're, they're, they're actually pretty good. My favorite so far gaming podcast would be Postcards from the Dungeon, pftdcast.com. All right. Those guys are very cool uh, in terms of just tapping popular culture for game. They sometimes get a little more game system specific. Okay. Sharkbone's actually kind of cool because they'll talk mechanics, but they really just talk about any game you're playing, grab this, let's use this, you know. And they'll, they'll talk about Inception in one cast, but then they'll grab movies from the 80s or the 90s and talk about various things in there. So. Oh, I like that. So I, I, yeah. I recommend Sharkbone, and I also uh, recommend Postcards from the Dungeon. Nice. Did you ever listen to a Wandering Geek podcast? I've, I've come across Wandering Geek, yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. They throw some dice. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's yep. what we're going to do this week. What are you going to do? Write to us, comments at uglycouchshow.com or in the little comments section there. And please, if you listen to this on one of the various aggregators like uh, iPod, uh, like the like iTunes or your Zoom marketplace, uh, write us a review because, hey, podcasts live and die by those reviews. So thank you for those that have. And thank you for doing it as well. And, of course... Watch the Ugly Couch Show, where we tell you what to watch, what to read, what to play, and you always shove something horrible in Barry's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Shut it. (laughs) Oh, and in the memory of uh, great Paul Mattingly, dick-ass fart. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) There's the Wang reference. (laughs) We haven't had enough of that. Now you can drink. People are playing the drinking game. It's been an hour and ten minutes before we had the first Wang in there. Go to rubberwang.com. That's a sentence. (laughs) Rubberwang.com, the best site on the internet ever. Ever. Well, thank you for joining us for this round. We'll be back next week with more geek news. Until then, I am Master Torgo. Dr. Vlark. 80s Jeff. Dave Raider. Commander K. And you've just been Geek Shocked. We'll see you next week. Special K. That hurts. Getting Geek Shocked. (laughs) I I think you're called Special K now. We could do Commander Special K. Or Special Commander K. There, you, I like Special Commander. There you special go. Commander I'm gonna be Special Commander. I'm gonna be Special Commander. Commander of the back of the short film. Just get me my helmet. <laughs>